Welcome to Help From Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help From Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and today I'm joined this week by a great friend of mine, Dan, otherwise known around the crucible as Dr. Sheep. How you doing, Dan? I'm okay. <laughs> and that's that's about the level of excitement you can expect from Dan today. He's like my my antithesis. I love I love how we're we're going to balance each other's level of excitement today on this episode. Um and speaking of this episode, we're going to be talking about playing Keyforge on Tabletop Simulator. So that is a thing that some people have like it's ramped up in popularity recently and and it came across my radar. I have never played a single game on Tabletop Simulator. It's been something that's been available Keyforge-wise, but you know, we have the Crucible, so never given it a try. So I'm I'm hoping to to ask you a lot of questions and and learn a lot about playing on Tabletop Simulator. But before we even get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your Keyforge journey and who you are, Dan? Okay, well, I'm Dan, or Dr. Sheep, as I'm known on most of the forums. Uh, I've been playing Keyforge since about the second month it came out. Ooh. So, and then my local, original local playgroup was Ewok and Wookie, right? They were just people we played with, mm-hmm. not people that I did things with. And then I went to a lot of vault tours, found some success at vault tours, really got hooked <laughs> in the game, um, and then just through... Being able to go to events, uh, you know, formed really tight relationships with some of those people, Um, you know, joining a competitive team, joining a podcast, running events has just been a full opportunity. Keyforge has provided that full opportunity to be very, very involved on all aspects. Totally. um, In a great game. And it's, it's really been like the perfect hobby game for me for the level of commitment the game needs. Mm-hmm. When you're not playing uh, versus like how good the play experience can be. Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't it, agree more. That makes so much it sense. Hits the, yeah, it hits the sweetest thing there than any other game. Um, Absolutely. So it's been the perfect game for me. So, you know, so I keep getting involved in more and more with Keyforge <laughs> as time goes on. You have put in a lot of effort into this game over the course of its lifetime, just like for the amount of events that you have run, let alone like you're on the podcast and you play in so many events. It's you are you're definitely up there in the number of hours you've sunk into this game. And yes, I am that, maybe overcommitted. Oh, well. <laughs> On top of that, um, it was it was your kid who actually won when when we came back from KFC and I threw my local a like a keyboard is back kind of like event. Your your kid is the one who took home the uh, most won games prize. Yeah, he's uh he started to embrace it. He likes going out and you know playing with people. Like he's got almost zero interest playing at home with me. Sure. Uh, but going out and playing with other people, he's he's for that. So he's definitely willing to play the game as long as we go out and play other people. But like he's once or twice tried to watch me play on TCO and okay. he's like, oh, my gosh, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen. And he's gone <laughs> after like two card plays. He's like, This is awful. But, you know, sit down across from a person and, you know, be able to run your ancient bear into something and he's into it. Right. Totally. Then it's fun. Right, right. So what is, do you have like a, a history of playing other board and card games? Yes, I have been an avid gamer since my teens, um, worked in game stores, have worked for other, worked with other publishers, doing convention, um, 
running convention events and demos and stuff for other card games. Oh, that's have so been cool. I didn't know Competitive in you. some other games. Um, avid board gamer forever. Been to all kinds of conventions. You know, always loved games. Uh, but CCGs have never been my thing. Like never, gotcha. have never been able to seriously play those. And this totally. is the closest I've ever gotten to a real CCG. I tried the World of Warcraft game. Ah. Uh, and that was yep. the one that really said, oh, yeah, CCGs are awful. Don't play these. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that was my experience. Other people have obviously love that stuff, but it's it's not. So side them. note to like tie into both that and your son watching you play. So my husband right now is really into Final Fantasy 14. And so me and our kid will just watch him play it. Like all of those things combined. We could just sit and watch the movie of him playing it. It's great. Um, but so have you played any other games on Tabletop Simulator or is Keyford your first? Keyforge was my first game on Tabletop Simulator. Ooh, okay. I okay. did play one other board game through it because it's one of those board games where you could only get it through the secondary market for $300 or something for a game that right. was not worth $300. Some space <laughs> faring game. Uh, Zaya. Oh, yes. Zaya. Tales of yeah. a drift, drift System or something, right? 100%. Uh, yes. I have yes. played that game in so, person. <laughs> yes, I played it in person once too. And then I'm like, I want to play that again. And then I went to buy it and I said, that's not happening. <laughs> uh, mostly because I would buy it and it would get played once more. But it was like right. eight bucks or $10 for the tabletop simulator version of it. And I thought it worked pretty well. So I did play one other game, but then it's really only ever been Keyforge. And, sure. So what um, made you interested in trying that. Keyforge on tabletop simulator? I, when I was looking, I first did it for Mass Mutation. So oh, really, okay. really, it gets its its primary use along the players is pre TCO implementation. Gotcha. Okay. Right. That makes like sense. it's only like right now. If I want to play um, Winds of Exchange with anybody, I I can I am blessed in that we're close enough that I can go to my local. I can go hang out with Ewok or Wookie, and they both have Winds of Exchange decks. But yep. we only have a handful. Right. Um, all mine are stinkers so far. <laughs> oh, no. So, ah, whatever. I mean, they're still fun. <laughs> but, you know, there's only so much experience you can get with that. And then, you sure. know, when I do have time to play, it's 8 o'clock at night. And I'm definitely right. not going to uh, somebody's house to play it. So, totally, we can't use TCO. Uh, tabletop Simulator is there. So before like we get into like the the experience of it and like some examples of you having played it like what is the how much legwork is there in making it playable for yourself like how much do I have to like download each card or like is there like a plugin I can use Yeah so uh Sky Jedi who is now an employee yeah. uh, but he built something called Locksmelt many years ago um, which is a play on Keyforge, like Locksmelt. And it is oh. <laughs> it is a very basic interface, but it does actually have the ability to you it does have a deck importer, so there's some way to import a deck list through it. Does not nice. work with Winds of Exchange. Gotcha. Works with older sets. Mm-hmm. Um and then it has the preset tokens for you so you can get your tokens easy. That's and then awesome. after that it has very, very little other um automation to it right the rest of the automation is basically the stock stuff that comes in tabletop which is the ability to search decks or shuffle a pile of cards draw a number of cards like those are basic tabletop functions Mm -hmm. because it's it's really a tool designed to be able to play any game in it right 
So in that way, like I assume so much of it is manual. Like you have to like flip your own key or you have to like move something on the, like if uh, your, your artifact becomes a creature for the turn, like you would move it up to the creature line. Is that, is that, am I on the, on the right track? You're, you're exactly right. Every movement of every card is manual and your thing. The only thing that's sort of automated is if you need to draw five cards you can hover over your deck and hit the number and it just draws that many cards so it's not like you have to drag each card in manually that's that's about the most there is for at least the way i've played it and i'm pretty new to it myself sure well that's great so it sounds like like literally the most boring part of it is automated which is nice but what is what is your like experience so far like speaking of all of the minutia what's your experience playing keyforge so far ben i think Compared to playing on TCO, like I am, I, the truth is, is I play on TCO in two occasions. One, when I'm running an event. Mm-hmm. And two, when we're recording a podcast and they're being boring. <laughs> Those are the two times I really play on TCO. That's I hilarious. will not just sit and you play a TCO game. Because like every time we listen to a podcast, you talk about playing on TCO. So I thought it was like maybe one of the screens, like if you have three screens at your desk, like it's on all the time or something. <laughs> no, it's basically what I'm sitting here casting. Uh, I'm not, I do not currently have one open. Um, you're more engaging oh, than they are. That's Oh my gosh, that is, that's an honor. I, I take that as yes. a compliment. Thank you. Um, but, but so in that way, do you like make up for that by playing more on TTS or was TTS just like a wonderful addition to what you already do. Well, like I said, I, I won't, I very rarely will play TCO games in silence, right? That's mm. the problem with TCO. Like most For of sure. my TCO games will be arranged with people from the Archons Corner group or people from Team SAS. And then we're in chat when we're playing. Totally. And then it's okay. Uh, but silent TCO play um, <laughs> is is so boring. I'm easily distracted. I'm, I'm that player when it's not my oh. turn one of my other three screens is on something and I'm surfing Reddit <laughs> while I'm waiting for you to do something. Absolutely. Uh, and then like you take the two seconds b- before you like start your turn to read the text of what your opponent did just in case. And all of the bolded stuff is like sticks out to you. So you don't even need to read really what happened. You're just like, oh, did they like play a stealth mode or something, you know? Yeah, you see, you're you're a better player than me because I don't <laughs> go back and read the log and I click something. I go, oh, they stealth moded. Dang it. But... <laughs> I, because it's just the interaction there is in TCO, I'm never 100% invested in a game. Right. Just, sure. I'm never 100% invested. So it's it's fine. It is a very good tool. Right. I'm, so I don't TCS think... So does TCS have the, like, integrated... Is there more to... Like, can you talk to the person you're playing? It has its own built-in chat, but it also has a link to um, Discord. But oh, we generally nice. just are running Discord chat through the Archon's Corner Discord. Right. Uh, while we're playing TTS, but that's, or yes, TTS. But that's that's that- really one of its great things is it requires you to sit there and talk through your plays. You can't just click, 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 click. All the damage is assigned. Creatures go to the discard. Right, right. Board auto collapses. None of that yeah. happens <laughs> on tabletop. Like when you go to attack, there are quick keys for being able to exhaust and unexhaust a creature or oh, tilt nice. it sideways, right? Mm-hmm. So you do that, you exhaust a creature, and then I tell you who I'm attacking, and then we figure out the math, and you drag damage tokens onto the creatures. 
move yep. them all around. Collapsing the board is a real hassle. Uh-huh. Um, but like real yeah. life, you know, like you have to actually think of these things. Like you can accidentally get a rule wrong or something, you know? Yes. And that's the other place where I think TTS really is a much better tool for learning how to play a new set, especially a set like Winds of Exchange, than TCO. Because TCO is so automated um, that the whole, the way the tokens are put into play and when you flip them and when you can flip them and you can look at them, like that's a whole thing that TTS, like that's going to be, or on TCO, that's going to be really hard for them probably to deal with tokens and the ability to see the backside of a card. Essentially. Oh, interesting. I never like, thought that's, about that. That's not a level of programming I think is designed into that. Sure. And that's just a flat feature in Tabletop Zero. Right. Like it it mimics a real card. Like you can play with your cards face up, you can play with your cards face down. Cards are two sided and flipping is already built into it. So all that is fine. So uh, do you pick I don't, like I'd, where do you pick where in front of you sets of cards, like your archive? Could your archive be anywhere in front of you that you want it to be? Or is there like places for you to put certain things? So in the lock smelt um, framework, gotcha. uh, he did design places, but they don't provide, there's no functionality. It's just a place that has a clever, not the actual name. Like instead of Archon, it says ghost. <laughs> instead of deck it says like future cards it just has silly names for things oh, yeah. um so there's just a place where you can put your archives but like if you play a lab work it's not like you pick the card in your hand by clicking on it and it just shoots it over to your archives you literally drag it to your archives and gotcha. put it there. that makes sense so you so. said earlier that like you have a, a discord that usually in uh, archon's corner people can like get together to decide to play a game is that where you find most of your opponents like do you choose your like, do you hang out with somebody on Discord and then decide you're going to play them on TTS? Or is there a way to find other people who play on TTS? It has been hard to find players on TTS. One, TTS is a $20 investment. Oh, yeah. Uh, sure. Then there is more than a zero amount of effort to get it working. It's not much, yeah. right? You basically click on a f- few things to download this lock smelt thing. And then at least when you've been playing with me, I have streamlined building woe decks in it. Oh, so nice. I can like during a tournament night, I will also upload eight woe decks to TTS. Uh, so, you know, when you play, when we sit down to play, I just have a bunch of decks. I throw them out on the table and you can pick one and we just play. Cause really the point of it right now is not about winning games. Right. It's about learning how the new set actually functions and it's just, absolutely you're going to get a much better learning experience where you actually have to move the cards around than just counting on, um, you know, the and crucible to do it for you. Like, especially with tokens when tokens do and do not, you know, like, so like, I hope, I hope this episode is like one whole big advertisement to play Dan, to play Dr. Sheep uh, in woe in TTS. <laughs> I will be happy to play with people if they if they find me. Yep. So just as like you mentioned a like a twenty dollar investment, like if I were to start from square one, like how does someone start like play on TTS? Where do you get it? What do you have to do to get it? To my knowledge, it only comes through Steam, but you know, okay. we're in the US, we have Steam available to us, it works very well. So you install the Steam client, you download the TTS client, then you go through the workshop steps, which uh another um, great community 
member Bear Bear. Uh, he has ABR, got some right? YouTube. Yep, he's part of the ABR, yeah. Ancient Bear Republic. Uh, he has done some good videos on how to get that stuff running and working fairly quickly. Nice. So go check out his YouTube videos. But you basically install tabletop, then you get the lock smelt uh, plugin kind of thing. Cool. And then Bear Bear has also made a plugin that's basically just on top of lock smelt that has all the winds of exchange cards loaded into it. Oh, wow. So that is so be- useful. So that way you go to that and you can use that to build your deck, right? You take your deck list and then you basically build right. your stack of cards from there. The backs, yeah, you know, like all the decks always have the same backs and stuff, but it's not really sure. a big deal. Um, and then so there is a stamping feature. So enhancements, there's this little oh, stamping feature. Nice. So you can stamp the enhancements on the cards. So that's pretty quick and easy to do. Uh, the biggest hassle with making decks on that is when you get into legacies, because those aren't preloaded oh. into the woe thing. But he's mm-hmm. got step-by-step procedures. It's pretty easy. You download a picture of it and you can upload it to a card. And it, it does not take long. Cool. To put in the Especially legacies. like you probably don't have too many legacies in a single deck. Right. Not too many. And then so once you have your other... deck. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You have your deck. You just save it. Um, there's a couple ways to save it, but you just save it as an object. And then mm-hmm. anytime you open up Locksmelt, you just click on objects and you can load it into the game. And so you can come back to your deck. it later. Yep. Once you've saved it, it's there. It's your deck's in there forever. And nice. you could even play the same deck twice because it's an object. So you just load it and put one copy of it and a second copy of it, and you can both play the same deck if you wanted. Oh, that's so crazy. So, so like, even at the end of the game, you don't have to worry about sorting people's cards out. You just delete everything on the Love board you. and just put <laughs> new copies on. Like, it's, you know, it's all Genius. fake digital stuff, so you don't have right. to really worry yeah, about it. We just need to wait for it to be, like, um, one of those uh, places you can visit in, like, the the meta platforms where you could, like, literally sit at a table and and play our game as our as our AI characters. I, I um, wonder how well some of that uh, VR stuff would end up working with that. If you could, if it's yeah. good enough to manipulate cards. That would be really uh, cool. That, I, I have a VR headset and I have attempted to play. There are games available on my VR headset, but a lot of the games, they, they add like flourish and flair to the point where like, I'm the, the game is at so big that I'm one of the, pieces or like the game is being played in front of me but i don't manipulate the pieces myself you know so games are available in in that kind of situation i would love to play like as a uh avatar or something at a virtual keyforge convention yeah that's i i i really do like playing on tabletop simulator because of the basically mandatory voice chat right so you're going to be interacting with your opponent which I think is always better for the game. And the actual manual manipulations of cards is significantly better for learning how the interactions work and feeling through it. There's never like you click on two things and a chain of event goes on and then you're scrolling through the log going, what just happened nope. <laughs> uh, with the, you know, like a old Archimedes board and everything yes. ends up in archives and weird places. Like none of that happens. Cause you got to sit there and click through it and think, which means when you actually go and play in an event later on, with right. real cards, you will already be used to actually running through the steps and not just counting on something else to do it for you. Right. So you mentioned earlier that um, at one point you um, mass mutation being on TTS was something that uh, you explored. Are there other like 
other options available or plugins or presets for other sets? Or is Woe the one that you know of that someone has created the cards on TTS? So, you know, I haven't tried Locksmelt for regular games since I don't know when, but it has a deck importer for, and I believe it works through Dark Tidings. Oh, wow. So you, you, and it kind of shows you how to do it, but you basically put in your link into a little sideboard that's on the Locksmelt board and it will automatically build your deck for you. It'll just pre-populate the cards, but I don't think it's programmed. It's not programmed for Winds of Exchange. So Winds of Exchange right now, you're using this additional add-on where you're doing it manually. But if you're playing a deck that's not Winds of Exchange, there's already an automated deck builder for it. That's fantastic. You have made me so much less scared to try something on TTS because Winds of Exchange would honestly be the only reason I would pick that over uh, TCO. But now that I know that like it's not actually that scary and it will help keep me fresh for the, the physical movements of cards and being on some sort of either like Discord or Zoom or whatever with someone like you've actually like sold me on playing Keyforge on TTS. Yeah, I I think it's good for this. I don't know if I, I would always want to use it. I would hope if, uh, you know, with with Luke joining them, maybe he gets some paid hours to right. spend on this and maybe he <laughs> automates a few of the features and makes it work better and it just gets to be a better tool uh, that it it is a thing. Um, yeah, totally. You know, matchmaking and finding opponents. Like there are so many difficult tools to overcome to ever make it a reality to replace something like uh, TCO would sure, sure. would make it tough without like actual company investment. Right. Uh, but right. I know, know from from my understanding, and like I said, I don't play other collectible card games, mm-hmm. but there are other collectible card games that tabletop is like they're closer to their official way to play it online. And it does have programming in the background where you can automate a lot of stuff. So you could definitely make it do more sure. of the rules automatically if somebody wanted to spend the time. Mm-hmm. But again, this is, you know, to what the extent that TCOs and this is, they have always been on paid projects, right? People are doing right. this for the love of the game. So you can't mm-hmm. expect perfection from that level. Um, absolutely. But I think the tools they have made are absolutely fantastic. I agree. This is this is great. Well, thank you so much for for coming on to chat with me about uh, tabletop simulator and and playing KeyForge. And I actually I I hope to get a game in. Maybe I'll maybe I'll reach out at some point and play you on TTS once I get it all set up. Absolutely, I'll I'll be there. You can find me on the Archon's Corner Discord. Um, I'm I am in the Help from Future Self, so you can ping me there. Yeah. Um, before so I'm, we I'm not end, too hard to find. <laughs> we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. So, Dan, do you have one for us today? I do. My I, Maybe I got two. So my first one is don't sell the decks that make you happy. Um, Ooh, okay. This, this really is a unique um, card game. So mm-hmm. if you get a silly deck... That doesn't make you happy because it's got two Ortanus and some <laughs> other silly stuff in it. Um, and, you know, it's kind of rare, but it's not good, but it makes you happy. But then somebody offers you a bunch of money because it is so rare and fun. And then you sell mm-hmm. it and then you regret your decisions for a long right. time. 
and then you buy it back from that person for like twice what you <laughs> sold it for and you feel are a little you, dumb are you uh, talking or there are other decks that are gone <laughs> and because it's a unique game they're gone forever like they're kind of gone forever so don't don't sell the stuff that makes you happy because you can't replace it in this game I completely agree, especially with like some of the sell-offs that we're seeing happen right now with people selling their whole collections. Like even if like I was were to sell off a large portion of my my collection, I feel like I, I would have to like be very selective because so many of them have memories. Like not just that like I love the deck for any specific reason, but like maybe it's the sealed deck that I got at this X tournament that I I lost miserably, but it reminds me, you know, of that X tournament. Yeah, that's that really is it. Like there are memories with them and you know, I'm I'm all for selling decks. Like <laughs> you, you get stuff and even you get the best deck you own, but if it doesn't click and it doesn't make you happy, yeah, go ahead and move it. Um Good but, point. You know, if you find joy in it, keep it because you're not gonna be able to replace it. So and economics then, advice from from Dr. Sheet. But yes, you uh, you did have a second one. And then my second one was if you can find cheap dark tidings. I say you should buy it, not because it is the good set, but because Ooh. it is the rare set. It is interesting. Take. It is the shortest printed set they did, and you cannot get it through distribution. Game stores can't get it. It is going to become expensive just due to rarity. Interesting. That's that's really true. And like there there were no like big huge events, so like people didn't get it in mass. Like there were no like sealed events for it where like every attendee would have gotten a deck or two. That's a good point. So we are going to end here and uh, help from future self is on discord link in the show notes. You can find me on discord and TCO as SC steel, but um, check out TTS. And um, I don't know if people are findable there, but we'll have more information in our discord. And if I do join and start playing games there, um, I'll make myself available uh, there as well. Uh, Dan, where can people find you? What do you have going on? And and what podcast are you a part of? Yeah, so I am Dr. Sheep on all the different things there are related to uh, Keyforge. And I'm part of Archon's Corner. Uh, <laughs> but I am I am a member of, I don't know, like 35 different discords or something like that. <laughs> so I am not too hard to find. I'm known to uh, spout my nonsense anywhere people are willing to let me do it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for spouting your nonsense here with us today. It was really enjoyable. I really appreciate it. And we will be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. Until then, stay forging.